Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission to help you focus on Christ. Yeah, I tell you what, John, in, in my lifetime, I've uh, talked to a lot of people. And uh, some people didn't want to talk to me, and I talked to them anyway. Some people wanted me to talk to them. But uh, I find that everyone seems to have one of two problems. Uh, they either have a lot of shame in their life or, uh, and shouldn't, or some people don't feel a lot of shame and should. And I think there's got to be uh, some kind of teaching on that or some kind of wisdom on that. Uh, but... Um, uh, my my standpoint on it is that before Christ, we all have shame because we are sinners. And uh, after we come to Christ and know him, we should not have shame because he takes it away. And uh, he takes he, it away. Yeah, he takes it yeah. away. So you had a little reading or a little little right. uh, some writing that someone did that, you know, yeah, you know, first I want to. OK, I'm going to just steal a moment here and. Uh, Apologize for this. Hope I'm not stepping on any rights, but I just want to sing this little bit just to throw this little nugget in there because I think some of you have heard this song. Shame is a prison, cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber and it's come to take my name. Love is my redeemer, lifting me from the ground. Love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. There ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, gonna rise up out of the ground. Cause there ain't no grave. I'm going to hold my body down. Boy, it was hard for me not to <laughs> give you a little bit of. <laughs> I know. No, I'm sorry. That was, in, that was, good. That was indulgent, wasn't it? But it was fun. But uh, shame is a prison. Um, a friend of mine, she started out her post with that little clip from that song. I absolutely love that. And I'm borrowing this, um, not naming any names, but uh, if she gets on me later, I'll give her credit because... <laughs> By the way, but, I know I'm always buttoning in on you, but I just, <laughs> I just thought of something when you said you're going to borrow this. Yeah. Uh, do you know the difference between, um, oh, no, someone said to uh, take something that one person said is plagiarism. Okay. But if you take what a lot of people say, that's research. Oh, that's research. So you, you yeah, just okay. research. Yeah, okay, forget what I said. <laughs> this, I've, I've Delved into a lot of research to get this. There you go. Here we go. Shame is a powerful and horrible straitjacket. It holds us captive. It keeps us bound. It is a loudmouth liar, taunting us from the inside. It replays mistakes. It reminds us that we are not really lovable. It convinces us if they really knew who we are, if they really saw the real me, they wouldn't love me. They would not want me. They would be ashamed and disgusted. Hmm. Shame causes us to put on a show, to wear a mask, to pretend we are someone else, someone we should be. The word says that we can throw off our garment of shame, throw off our fear of being seen and known in all of our depths. And we are given a garment of righteousness 
That is a right standing with God. Too often I find myself attempting to put on the garment of righteousness over my shame. That is super heavy and it doesn't fit right. I find myself believing that I have to carry my shame because I deserve it. I'm the one who messed up. I'm the one who fell short. So this is my burden. I find it hard to lay my shame down and put on a pure, clean robe that I didn't earn. In my pride, I find myself rejecting it at times, knowing that I could never earn such a position. The truth is, I want to be able to earn it. I guess that is where pride is rearing its hideous head. However, love in Christ, the love that picks up my blood-stained robe and puts it on as his own, and then places his perfect new spotless robe on my shoulders and calls me worthy, that love is the only place I've ever found real freedom from shame. Freedom from shame is not a one-time event. It's a continuous process. It is a daily and sometimes moment-by-moment process. I have to choose to let go of my mistakes, the pain I've caused myself and others, and ultimately God, and put on what I did not earn. I have to accept that I will never be deserving of the righteousness that has been given to me. I will never be fully refined or arrived. My mistakes are not something to be ashamed of, but they are something to learn from. Shame wants to brand me, wants to make me believe that I am only a combination of all of my mistakes and failures. Love says something different. Love says, I am a child, I am loved, I am wanted and accepted, just as I am. It calls me higher, but bends down low to meet me here in the darkness of my despair. It tells me my mistakes, my weaknesses, my talents and accomplishments are only part of the journey to love. We are so much more than what we do and what we have done. If I believe I need to do more, I might be in shame. If I believe I was made to be more, I might be growing in love. Doing is always an overflow of being. Being loved, known, and seen as I am, all of me is truly the only way I can ever be truly free from the grip of shame. In that freedom, I can do the things that are being asked of me without the pressures of perfection, performance, fear, and a need to be seen which are almost always partnered with shame. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on our podcast. And yeah. that, <laughs> that, was a, that was a message. That was I think enough, I had, yeah, right there. there. Yeah, enough. Us adding to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, add to it anyway. Jack. Add to it anyway. <laughs> well, I think, I think um, that it's difficult for me to understand the concept of justification and the righteousness of God. Right. And it is, and whoever wrote that, the wonderful person that wrote that, had some understanding and had some experience and uh, knows some of the word as well and some of those concepts out of the scriptures uh, because um, we have to understand that we aren't good, that we are sinners, that we are broken, that we've done things that would cause shame. But we also have to receive by faith and by trust uh, the truth the absolute truth of God, 
that we cannot fix ourselves. We need a savior and we cannot be righteous in any way in ourselves. We need the righteousness of God. And I think the scriptures are replete with that just through and through and through. Uh, I would say one thing before you comment, because I know you got a lot of stuff to say about it as well. Uh, I can see it in your twisted mind just kind of coming up. Uh, but one of the things that, and I think I've brought this scripture up before, it's a very special one to me, uh, but it's in 1 John chapter 2, where uh, basically what is happening is uh, he's telling us, uh, John, uh, John, the apostle John, who wrote these letters, the reasons for his writing. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to teach us. And he, he gives us three levels of maturity, I think. Uh, in the Christian life. He talks about children and what they need to know. He talks about young men, what they need to know. And he talks about fathers and the concepts that they need to have a grasp on. Does he talk about old men? I, old men, that's the fathers. Oh, that's yeah, the, fathers. the fathers would be the old men, I think. The elders. Thanks for not leaving us out, John. By the way, uh, I think that we should listen to our elders. The problem is I can't find any. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anymore. <laughs> Not very many. I'll listen to you. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, but anyway, what I wanted to say was uh, in order to, to, to understand what is available to us, we, we look to the word of God and what the word of God says about children. In other words, when you first enter into your Christian life, when you become Christ's child, you need to understand forgiveness. You got to get that. You got to understand forgiveness. He says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of my name, in my name, because of what I did. Christians, if you're still living in shame and your guilt and your sin, you're still a child because we need to get a hold of the truth that our sins are forgiven in Christ's name, not in what we've done. And I think in that is a beginning to understand not to live in the shame anymore. What happens to our shame, Jack? Our shame shame? was cast into the deepest sea of forgetfulness. Mm -hmm. Our sin was removed as far as the east is from the west. Our sin has been nailed to the cross of Calvary. Our sin, our shame has been taken away. Yeah. It gets very deep and very personal. We don't have a God that is distant and far off, okay? We have a God that got down in the dirt and in the mud and in the shame with us. Because let me ask you this, what could be more shameful than being displayed naked on a cross for a crime that you didn't even commit uh, that well, that's Jesus. He took on all of our shame because in the Roman world, in that first century, there was nothing more shameful than a crucifixion, because you were on display for the mockery of everyone around, um, because you had done a heinous crime against the Roman government, and you were paying the highest price. You were paying with your life. You were paying with your dignity. You were paying with everything. That's the price he paid for us. He did. And it's sad for us to hold on to what he died for. 
yeah. to hold on to the sin that he became so that we can know his righteousness, to hold on to that, yeah. kind of treats the cross in an unholy way and, and the, the sacrifice that Jesus made. Now, I don't want to make people think that I'm blaming you or no, mad no. at you or angry at you because you do this. It's no. human nature. It's natural. And I feel right. compassion for people who are still living in their shame. Uh, but one of the uh, most fun things to do is to sit down with someone who's holding on to shame and be able to come up with the word of God, the truth of the scripture to tell them uh, how they can let that go right now. Right now. And, and know the cleanliness of the righteousness of Jesus Christ right now yeah. because of what he did for, for them. All, all that is needed is for you to believe the words of God, to come in faith, believing who he is, what he said, and uh, what he's done for you. Yeah. Give me that verse that you were talking about earlier, Jack. Um, you know, we talked about God made him who... Oh, okay. So it's yeah. in Romans, and uh, I was kind of having fun with it. And let me have fun with this with you. Don't don't get discouraged when I read this, uh, because it's it's the before picture. And what Paul's trying to do is he's trying to tell these car these carnal or uh, these Christians uh, what they have, and uh, he was trying to make the point. He was trying to make the point in kind of a way. Jesus did that sometimes. Like, for instance, he would say, um, if your eye offends, you pluck it out. If your right hand offends, you cut it off. Better to go into heaven maimed than to go into hell whole, right? He was making a point, uh, and he was making it in a powerful way. And I think that's what Paul is doing here in Romans uh, chapter 3. But what he's trying to make the point of is no one is righteous. Right. No one in themselves is righteous. Everyone is shameful. Okay, so that's, first of all, what you have to get in your mind. Some people think, well, God can't save me. Uh, I'm just so bad. Uh, I'm living in my past and and with the bad things that I've done. And God, you know, and then they have a hard time in their relationship with God. But listen to this, John. It says, no one is righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All, that's a big word, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There's no one who does good. Not even one. Then he, then I'm starting he, to feel ashamed. He's starting to feel bad. <laughs> well, wait until you hear the next one. Listen, their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. I'll hurry it up. Mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, ruin, and misery. Mark their ways in the way of peace they do not know. There's no fear of God before their eyes. That's the condition of people outside. No, you can't do anything about all that stuff. I mean, you're you're not good. And this is saying no one. Um, So then he goes on uh, to talk about righteousness. Through faith. And that's the whole key to this thing. So basically he's saying this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And now there is no one who uh, can right. Right, can, can be ashamed before God because of the righteousness of Christ. Uh, and how did he do that? Very important. 
There's a great word in the ESV, the King James, and the newer translations have thrown this word away uh, out of the English language, but it's a great word. It's the word propitiation. Propitiation. The NIV translates that sacrificial atonement for sin. Yeah. Jesus Christ sacrificed his life to atone or to take care of our sin. That is the propitiation for our sin. Here's the way it looks. We who are in that condition, apart from Christ, in our sin, Christ became sin. He took all of that on him. And in return, he gave us the righteousness of God. So now when God looks at you, he doesn't see all that shame. He sees your righteousness. I, I heard a story one time of the preacher that was living in this with this sin in his, in his thoughts and in his mind. Something he had done long ago in his youth, but it was really bad. And he always uh, would, would refer to it. Well, you know, I've just got this sin in my life and it just causes me to stumble all the time. Well, this fellow came to his church one day and he, he went up to the preacher after his sermon. He says, you know, preacher, God talks to me. And the preacher said, yeah, well, I doubt that. He says, no, really, he talks to me. Yeah, sure. No, no, preacher, he, God talks to me. And he said, you mean God audibly talks to you? Is that what you're saying? And the man said, absolutely. He said, okay, I'll test you. He said, you go home tonight and you talk to God and ask him what my sin is. And if you can tell me my secret sin, then I'll believe that you talk to God. So the next day, the guy comes into the office and the preacher said, did you talk to God last night? Man said, he talked to me. He said, okay. He said, what did he say? Did he tell you what my sin was? Well, he said he didn't remember. I think that tells the tale. He forgot your sin and we remember our sin and cause it to make a stumble when he's already taken care of it and forgiven it. Folks, forgive yourself. Yes, you were bad. Yes, you have done things that cause shame. But Christ died for you, took your shame, and gives you the righteousness of Christ. Live in it. Yeah. And, and make it put a smile on your face and let you walk in joy. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to know that there is no shame uh, in living in, with Christ. He takes all of our shame on himself. Um, I, I, I thank God for you know, my friend who I borrowed those words from because uh, they've gone through um, some pretty dark places and some things that, you know, would naturally make a person feel shame. Um, and Jesus brought them through. Now, I would also add to that that um, we all carry that kind of shame. We all uh, do this. We were talking about this before we started recording today. And, um, you know, one of the things that Charles Spurgeon said, and I'm going to butcher it, but, <laughs> but he basically said, Hey, when somebody looks down on you, um, they don't see how bad you really are. <laughs> um, and that's not the point of it. The point he's saying is, you know, we're all sinners, we all have those stains, but God has taken those upon himself. And the verse that I love about this is when he says, God made him 
who had no sin to become sin for us so that we may become his righteousness. Through him. Through him. Through him. Absolutely. Do you have anything else you want to say, Well, I think we've gone long enough. People are probably... Yeah, I feel like we're there. <laughs> so <laughs> we have we've we've solved it in twenty minutes. Wow, Jesus, Jesus <laughs> solved it. Solved Jesus it. solved it. <laughs> yeah, he solved it, and we'll forgive you. That, Jack. There's no shame. Oh that. man, anyway. I'm going to feel shame for saying that. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we love you as always. Feel free to connect at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. Um, Share us with your friends, and we'll see you next time.